Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacey Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of ThePaleoMom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Hello, listeners and Sarah. Look, look, I pulled it together. I, I, I'm so excited. You didn't say welcome to episode 252 of the Paleo View podcast. I didn't want to steal your thunder. I, I thought maybe it was your turn. I was just excited that I, I, I actually literally, as we were like getting ready to record, I was like, okay, so last week was 251. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had, was like, I'm pretty. <laughs> Hang on, was it two fifty? Yeah, no, no. There was, yeah, yeah. And I had this like whole having to like double check, counting to two, basically in my like that was that I either says a lot about how difficult it is for us to keep track of what number episode we're recording, or it says a lot about where my brain is these days with. Uh, edits and and all of the little nagging extra work left to do on paleo principles it's it's it's, it's just been it's it's uh it's required all of my focus yeah i think my my brain is a bit uh tapped out as well from work and um school is ending and we're moving and it's like it's all just swirling and i keep making like silly mistakes or remembering things incorrectly and just being like, what, why did I, you know? So I totally get that. Um, I think most of us head into summer. I know your kids have been out for a while, but for those of us whose kids have either, you know, recently gotten out or about to get out, I think we are all, we all head into summer like, okay. And then by the time summer's over, you're like, go away. I, I we actually literally so my kids are doing swim team this year um, and I was having a conversation with some of the other moms around the pool and and mom sort of looked at me it was like walking we just sort of walked walked over to the group yes last week she's like you okay I'm like I'm having like summer adjustment issues <laughs> and it's it's um, for me it's you know I normally try to reduce how much, uh, work I'm doing over the summer and really spend a lot of quality time with the kids because, you know, they're home and they're young and they actually care about spending time with me. And this year I'm trying to figure out how to work, you know, 60 hours a week to get this book off the printer. Um, you know, currently our print date is the day my kids go back to school. So I'm trying to figure out how to, balance that commitment with you know, my kids being home and not wanting to ignore them all day, but still feeling like, you know, I have to ignore them at least a good part of the day. And so it's been an interesting challenge to me as, um, as a parent and just in terms of my parenting priorities. Um, but also for them because, you know, they're having to, play with each other and entertain each other because I'm, you know, I will, I, I, you know, I'm still making sure that I have quality time with them, but I'm, I'm not being their only source of entertainment and I'm not letting screens be the substitute. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's just been a, a different sort of challenge this year. And I, I think they're starting to figure it out, you know, like, Hey, I'll set up the slip and slide in the backyard, but then, <laughs> I'm going to work. Oh, okay. So, um, so it's, it's just been, you know, it, this was not my first choice of, of timing for, for getting a book off, off to print, but, um, that's sort of how the, the chips fell. So we're, we're trying to figure it out. Well, I think it's also good for kids, especially like your girls aren't as young as they were, um, to, to learn independence and be empowered. And, you know, I, for my, when I'm working from home or when I'm busy or, you know, I've reintroduced, um, 
working out in the evening, so I'm not around as much as I was because the boys are not seeing me two nights a week. Um, and I just think that as long as they feel, in my experience, um, empowered to communicate about what their needs are or, you know, when they do need time with you or then when they want time with you or, um, that kind of thing, it makes a huge difference to their ability to be independent and to really grow up. And I think for my generation, at least, you know, I was a latchkey kid. And so, um, I think a lot of my <laughs> independence and control freak tendencies came from, you know, being very grown up, very young. And I don't necessarily want that. Uh, but I do think that it's, um, it's good for us all to experience that while you still have, you know, the support that you're able to offer, but, um, giving them the, the green light on being independent, so to speak. So. That's, that's what I, I, that's what I keep trying to tell myself. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is good for them. They're learning, they're learning important life lessons and, and, um, and, you know, we'll, we'll come out with a better skill set at the end of the summer. But, and then, and then that's, that's like 80% of my brain and the 20% is mommy guilt. Yes. So. (laughs) Which I guess, I guess it's just the way it goes. That's, that's the rite of passage of parenting, right? We all, we all have our burdens to bear. (laughs) Um, so speaking of, uh, working out in the evenings, there was an individual who we actually mentioned not by name on this podcast several years ago, who was, um, harassing some of the people in the community. And that person appears to be back. And I refuse to give credit to this person's name because I don't want them to be looked up or to get any sort of credit. But what was interesting is I totally got trolled this week because I posted about, um, moving my body and getting healthy. And, um, to those people who are interested or follow me on social media, a couple of weeks ago, I started seeing a personal trainer to help me focus on strengthening my body in areas to support the continued health and healing of my back because I was finally feeling in a place where I could both emotionally, mentally, and physically handle doing that. And it was quite a step for me, which, you know, we've talked a lot about on the podcast. Uh, but I finally am in a good place where I look forward to going and, um, I'm trusting the trainer and the research that, you know, he has done and what um, he thinks will help me the best. And so I was posting about how great that feels in social media. And last week, um, I got a comment from this individual who said, essentially, um, and it's deleted and blocked, so there's no sense in you going back and trying to find it, except that um, I did share kind of this rant, um, that the person said, uh, it's, it's pointless to try to, um, exercise while you still have weight to lose because it's so bad for your joints and your back. And therefore, um, I should just focus on weight loss and not on fitness. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's BS. Yep. So one of the best comments that I got from our audience um, on this troll comment, because what I did is I, I turned this into a positive learning environment and I explained to Facebook, um, hey, here, as, as someone who's in the public, let, let me help you with some tips on how to communicate with others. <laughs> like... It's not your place to judge. It's not your place to tell people what they should or should not be doing. Um, And uh, I I did talk about how I think should is a four-letter word, which I've talked about here on this podcast. Um, And also that if you have experiences or advice to share, there's ways to do that without coming across like a passive-aggressive jerk. Um, So that has, I mean, like, just... What was amazing is all the people that were like, first of all, this person is a troll, and second of all, they're not even right. And I'm like, I love you, people, because 
we're we're all in the same like little community and we, we all get each other and so therefore we can all roll our eyes at the same time but what cracked me up is that someone said um that this is the kind of like um troll that masquerades as the self-help troll and they had such great one-liners about like um how these went once once identified immediately remove and avoid contact and it's so true it's it's um it's really interesting to put yourself in um as you know sarah in in the public and how some people can genuinely believe they're trying to help but come across um hurtful i don't believe that this person was genuinely trying to help which is why i had no issues um addressing it directly um because i knew from having had this person troll the community and myself before that it it wasn't a genuine help but um can you believe that it's crazy i it's it's also so wrong i mean like (laughs) i i I mean, I think all of us who share so much of our lives through social media to such a large audience have the same sort of – there's a vulnerability to that. And, um, you know, for example, I had to go on antibiotics and steroids for pneumonia a few weeks ago, and I shared about that on social media. And, um, you know, mostly it was a, you know – I wanted to communicate to other people that there is a time and a place for life-saving medications, and I was there, and I've written extensively on the website about what to do when you do need to take antibiotics and what do you do when you do need to take steroids, and I was following all of my own advice, and it was sort of like an opportunity to sort of remind people that uh, paleo does not mean that we're anti-conventional medicine. It just means that we're using it wisely and, and in an educated and informed way. Um, and it it's okay if things happen beyond our control. That doesn't make us failures. It didn't doesn't mean we didn't paleo hard enough or AIP hard enough. And I wanted to take that opportunity it, mostly because I was in a in a mental space where I needed to tell myself that. So I was sort of sharing sharing that publicly in in, in large part because it was important for me to tell myself it's okay. I, this isn't a failure. This is just, you know, life getting in the way and I'm making the best decision that I can now to get better. Um, but that, that, you know, that post of course, um, has the the reaction that, you know, I anticipated of people, you know, thankful for the message, thankful for the pointing out the extra information on the website and then mixed in, all of the, well, you should do this, you should take this, you know, right? Like all of those things mixed in and, and, you know, I've, and you were like, last time I checked, I wasn't asking for your advice. (laughs) Well, and it's also, right. I, I, I've thoroughly researched all of those topics. I, I, you know, I do have a really fairly detailed understanding of what the best choices are and I'm making them. But, um, but I think that that's very good natured, right? Those, those are people trying to be helpful. Those are fans who are genuinely concerned and that's a very different situation compared to, um, words that I can't use on a family friendly podcast. And it's my normal words for bad people, which I can't use. And now everyone's like, what's the normal words that Sarah uses for bad people? <laughs> uh, it starts with a D. There you go. Um, that's my normal, my normal word that I would use. But, um, you know, it's, um, it's frustrating because what it does is it muddies the waters in terms of the message that, that we've been trying to talk about, about uh, health, you know, getting healthy to lose weight rather than losing weight to get healthy. Um, and what real healthy weight loss looks like. And what I've actually been doing because of, um, I've been seeing a lot of advice on websites that are um, tangential to the paleo community, but, you know, people who are trying to speak to this community um, that are that are showing just really bad advice when it comes to healthy weight loss. And I've actually, um, this year 
been doing, I, I think I've got one left, but I've been doing a, a series of posts on healthy weight loss um, that are, you know, extremely detailed science with lots of references and, and really, you know, is going through um, the, you know, obesity research in, in quite a lot of detail in terms of what what do we know about metabolism, about um, uh, a flexible metabolism, about burning fat, about uh, supporting hormone health while we're doing that, about reducing inflammation while we're doing that, about the, you know, the uh, supporting detoxification systems while we're doing that. Um, what are the barriers to weight loss? Um, what, you know, what are the, what are the, all of the different pieces that contribute to weight loss? And I've, what I've done is try to, um, instead of engaging in, um, you know, social media arguments, which is just a time sink that I don't need. Um, I, I just try to put out the correct information and hope that people can see the amount of research that goes into the information that I'm providing and can see that it makes sense. Um, and I, it frustrates me to no end to have that huge amount of work to creating really good resources for people get muddied by um, trolls and, um, you know, people who are, you know, sneaks, sneak oil salesmen, basically, you know, with their, you know, even with their just their bad advice, their um, super extreme, you know, dietary recommendations, like, it just drives me crazy, because I think that um, maintaining a healthy weight is, is a very important thing for our long-term health. Um, but it's the choices that a lot of people are recommending for weight loss destroys us, right? It destroys our hormones. It destroys our metabolisms. It can wreck our adrenal glands. It can wreck our thyroid glands. And, you know, I personally have spent years trying to recover from the unhealthy way that I lost weight in my early 20s and again in my early 30s. And it's very frustrating to see um, people marketing those techniques for weight loss to people who it's going to hurt them. It's not going to be maintainable. And, um, and those people are going to be worse off at the end than they are now. And, and to have got, done that myself and have lived through it and have had to work so hard to come through the other side, it drives me crazy to see that people are still talking about, um, these, these really extreme, um, you know, dietary approaches for weight loss that, that aren't going to set people up for long-term success. So I think you know, to spoiler alert, we're going to talk about what some of those successful mechanisms are versus not so. Um, but to wrap up this topic, in case it wasn't clear, um, it's absolutely ridiculous that movement should not happen before weight loss. Um, and there are endless scientific studies that talk about how movement is essential for long-term health and that, you know, people who walk, people who um, stand or aren't as sedentary, even when they're overweight, have um, huge health improvements as a result of that movement. So I didn't even for one second consider this comment as something that was valid. And I don't want anybody who's a listener to question their own um, path if they were to hear something like this. So, you know, just as Sarah said, these snake oil salesmen, you know, we've, we've said before, and we will say again, when you are following anybody or reading anybody on the internet, remember that anybody with an internet connection can put whatever they want up on the internet. And um, there's nothing that prevents them from doing that. So consider what you're reading, what the source is, who they are, what their motives are. Um, and I know it's difficult to investigate every single thing that you read, but I also know that I get past, you know, a dozen like Facebook viral news articles that are just click hole 
link traps to people, you know, with buzzwords and that kind of stuff. And, um, the minute that I see what the link is, I'm able to identify it like 90% of the time. So just, just remember to, you know, be mindful of those people out there who, um, are either, uh, the self-advice trolls or the snake oil salesmen or people who genuinely think that they're being helpful, but just don't have all of the information, which happens too. So, um, just, be mindful and uh, we, we will help jump into the um, more scientific and information side of uh, what, what can one focus on if they do want to lose weight? Because we talk a lot on the show about, you know, feeling comfortable in the skin that you're in. And I do want to say that you can both love yourself, respect yourself, be comfortable in the skin that you're in and want to be, a, be different or be, be, you know, improve your health with weight loss. It's okay to want to do both. So that's where I'm at, which I thought was super funny that this person was like, um, you should focus on weight loss before you move your body. I'm like, you know what? That hadn't occurred to me at all. You know, this whole time I've been sharing on my blog and my social media and I have this weight loss story. It hadn't even occurred to me that maybe I might want to lose weight that I had put on because of this back injury. It's so kind of you to point that out to me. So many. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you jump into reading the question? We can just Why don't I on. read the question and let this uh, guide a hopefully less frustrated yep, let's just focus <laughs> conversation. All right. This question is from Jennifer. Since I know you and Sarah have both lost weight, I wanted to ask for some suggestions. I lost weight going paleo a few years ago, around 55 pounds. I have more than 100 to lose, but those 55 were amazing. Problem was also losing my hair. I added back potatoes, rice, and more carbs, and the hair loss stopped, but the weight loss stopped too. I've since read about low-carbon thyroid issues. I have hashies. But even adding carbs, I gained nothing back, just stayed the same. Then I went through a major life stressor a couple of years ago and gained it all back, plus some. I want to attempt to get it off again, but I'm at a loss as to what to do. I've read Sarah lost most of her weight low carb, but I'm so afraid to do that again. I'm not trying to get skinny, I, but I want to feel more functional again. It's super hard to follow most weight loss blogs since I already can't eat gluten or oats or much dairy and too many raw veggies or nightshades. Any direction or advice you may have would be super appreciated. Thanks, Jennifer. I am like so with her on this question. I, the email that I sent to you was all capital letters. The struggle is real. Oh, it's so real. <laughs> let me let me jump in and and just talk about low carb because um, I I did lose um, most of my weight twice um, following a low carbohydrate diet. And you know earlier when I was talking about having to take years to recover from the health damage that was caused from the way that I lost weight, that is what I'm referring to. Um, Low carbohydrate diets um, do not have a metabolic advantage. There is recent science that conclusively shows that low carb, very low carb, ketogenic diets, um, they work to support weight loss by um, tricking you into eating less. You know, you're focusing on more satiating calories. And that is why paleo generally works to support weight loss. There have been scientific studies that show that when people adopt a paleo diet, that on average, they spontaneously reduce their caloric intake by about 400 calories a day, which is enough for steady, sustainable, healthy weight loss. Um, Low carbohydrate diets have, and ketogenic diets uh, can cause insulin resistance, um, which can make burning stored fat problematic. Um, it can make maintaining um, your your weight loss challenging. And when you do go back to carbs, it makes us not tolerate those carbs very well until we can recover our insulin sensitivity. It can also make us leptin resistant, um, which has the dual effect of making it harder for us to burn stored energy and making us feel hungrier. Um, so there's actually been some interesting studies that show that if you put somebody on a calorie-restricted low-carb diet and you compare that to somebody on a calorie-restricted sort of balanced macronutrient diet, the person eating 
uh, with a calorie deficit, but eating, you know, balanced macronutrients, moderate protein, moderate carbohydrates, moderate fat, um, they will actually lose more, more of the weight they lose will be burned fat as opposed to muscle or water weight. Um, so there really is no metabolic advantage to low carb diets. What the way low carb diets work is it provides a framework that helps us achieve a caloric deficit. So if we want to lose weight, um, it's not as simple as calories in and calories out, but if we want to lose weight, calories do matter. We need to consume fewer calories than we burn. Um, so, um, that's, I mean, that's the way any, you know, like just about any diet actually works. Um, you know, you can lose weight on Weight Watchers. You can lose weight counting your calories. I mean, that's what Weight Watchers basically is. Uh, low carb ketogenic diets, plant-based diets, um, any diet that provides a framework that has you consuming less energy than you were before and less energy than you're burning will, um, have the effect of losing weight. The, the trick is, is that, that weight loss sometimes comes at a cost. So sometimes you're talking about a diet that's inherently nutrient deficient um, and nutrient deficiencies can contribute to um, issues burning fat. There's actually some re uh, collection of nutrients that our bodies need for uh, burning fat. And if we are short on any of those nutrients, then we have a much harder time burning stored energy. Um, you know, key among those things are things like vitamin D, um, vitamin A, the B vitamins, you know, these are, these are really important. And if we're not getting enough of those from our diet, then that's going to stall our weight loss simply because we're missing something that's important for fat metabolism. Um, exercise helps us lose weight, not just because it's burning calories, but because it increases our metabolic rate, both uh, for the sort of immediate time after we're done exercising, but also increasing our basal metabolic rate through increase in uh, muscle mass. Um, sleep is profoundly important for our ability to lose weight um, in large part because of the way it regulates things like insulin sensitivity, but also um, a lot of hunger hormones. So when we are not getting enough sleep, we are hungrier um, and we tend to be less inhibited with our eating, which means we're more likely to see something yummy and shove it into our faces before we've made a conscientious choice. Um, and stress. So, you know, cortisol blocks our ability to access stored energy. Um, so stress is, is the, a huge, um, a huge problem for, for weight loss. So, you know, we take all those things together. So nutrient dense, uh, diet with an energy deficit, uh, exercise, because it's really important for our metabolisms, for our hormone regulation, for insulin sensitivity. Um, increasing our basal metabolic rate means that we can eat more and still achieve a caloric deficit, which is definitely a good thing for most people. Sleep, profoundly important for regulating metabolism, regulating hormones, regulating hunger, uh, reducing inflammation. So inflammation can block our, our abilities to lose uh, weight um, and managing stress. Um, and those those are the things that a healthy weight loss diet has to look at those lifestyle factors and those dietary factors together in order to lose weight at a moderate pace. So losing weight quickly is never good. It's, it's fun, um, but it is not healthy. It does not do good things to our uh, leptin sensitivity or, or leptin levels. Um, and it can mess around with ghrelin as well. So it can really mess around with our metabolism and our, and our hunger signals. Um, so a moderate paced weight loss with um, all of those lifestyle factors dialed in and uh, nutrient sufficiency, meaning we're getting all of the essential nutrients from our diet that we need. That is how to lose weight effectively and healthily and then keep it off. Um, and so it's, it's, it's naturally slow, um, but that is all done. It's not low carb. It's not low fat. You know, we're getting enough carbohydrates to support the systems that need carbohydrates. We're getting enough essential fats to support the systems that need fats. We're getting enough protein. Actually, there's a variety of studies showing that a higher protein diet can help um, preserve lean muscle mass during fat loss. So that 
helps um, in a lot of ways. It, it's, you know, it's it's not a magic bullet. It's not a, um, you know, oh, if you just eat cabbage soup three times a day, you'll lose weight and be super skinny and look like a model. Um, you know, it's it's about how to achieve a healthy weight healthily. And, you know, paleo generally naturally sets that up, um, but there are some pitfalls, right? So when we get into eating a lot of energy-dense foods on paleo, so a lot of nuts or avocado or, um, you know, like I, I like making um, cassava oven fries at home with, with duck fat, but those things are like calorie bombs. Um, you know, they're they're – they're really, you know, cassava is really carbohydrate dense and it absorbs a lot of fat when you, when you bake it. Um, so that's a hyper palatable food. So we can still get these hyper palatable foods within paleo that override our ability to, um, tell if we're full. Um, and that's one of the big problems with the standard American diet is it's just full of these, uh, foods that are addictive and override our satiety signals. So we can't even tell if we've eaten enough when we eat these foods. There's some in paleo, you know, you, you can achieve that with a paleo baked good. So um, keeping things really, really clean, very, very veggie focused. Veggies are low caloric density, high nutrients, and um, they're very satiating. So that's a, the biggest trick for reducing uh, caloric intake without, you know, feeling deprived on paleo is eating lots of veggies, which is beneficial fiber. in tons of ways. Yeah. The fiber, but it, it it just and and all of the you know phytonutrients antioxidants because when you're burning fat that's creating oxidative stress so all of those antioxidants in in vegetables and some fruit can help protect against that um but it's you know it's it's not it takes effort and it takes awareness it takes awareness of um how much we're eating. It takes portion control. And that for me is a hard thing. I can't eat intuitively and uh, maintain a healthy weight. I have to be really mindful of my portions because I still have a tendency to overeat after being paleo for nearly six years. It'll be six years in a couple of months. Um, that part of my old, you know, eating disorder and, you know, I had binge eating disorder that that part still lingers, um, the part where I still want to keep eating even after I'm full. And I'm pretty sure I'm not unique in that, even within the paleo movement, of, of needing to apply intent to my food choices. Yes, I think for me, too, a lot of the stuff that you talked about as could go wrong um, between me also doing low-carb paleo to lose most of my weight and having a very similar response with a thyroid flare and all of that kind of stuff and needing to recover during that time I was lifting and exercising, which really helped with, um, metabolic issues and hormone regulation. And then to no longer have that for me, certainly, um, I think my leptin is not correct in terms of like when it tells me, um, I am or am not hungry. And so the mindful things that I know um, have the most impact for me are, first of all, drinking more water. Because I think for a lot of people, um, hunger is often actually just an indicator of thirst. And because I don't have a gallbladder, I have to strategically position when I drink that water because I can't drink a lot of it right before or at a meal. So I have to consciously focus on making sure that I'm getting in water at optimal times for myself, um, which does help me with, you know, fullness and, and recognizing when I'm actually hungry versus thirsty, that kind of stuff. Um, eating vegetables, which we talked about um, last week. And um, the other things that I think are, are really helpful from a mindset perspective is choosing to um, avoid sweets. And that can look different for different people. Uh, but for me, I know that they're a trigger food. And um, so I try to avoid them. It goes into the to the hyper palatable. I think it was really clear for me when we had um, our bestie on, whose name is totally escaping me right now and I feel terrible about, um, Denise Finger. 
when she talked about the studies that showed that it was when fat and carbohydrates were consumed together that it really caused an increase in weight for most people that, you know, you could do fats or you could do carbs, but when you do them together, um, it's difficult for um, your body to process all that energy. That was specifically refined carbohydrates. So we don't, we don't see that same effect if you're eating fat with a sweet potato, but it was very much that research comes from refined carbohydrates. Well, I find that myself, I certainly will overindulge in something that is hyper palatable and and things that have both fat and, um, carbohydrate are, are hyper palatable to me. Especially, especially when you add some salt. Yes, exactly. Um, so the third thing that I would mention, and this has taken some, um, really mind frame reset because I lost the weight originally low carb. I have some tendencies when I'm trying to lose weight, like, Oh, I'm going to do this thing. And that thing is helpful for me. For example, adding um, heavy cream or having a bulletproof coffee in the morning because it's low carb and I could skip a meal and continue to intermittently fast when I did that. That is not something that I can still do and lose weight because I am not operating on a low carb diet. And so when I do that, it's heavy cream has a lot of calories. And then I tell myself, oh, well, I still need to eat something because my body is not going to process all this fat. Let me have a banana. And then I'm back to what I just talked about, which is, you know, overconsumption of calories by combining both the, the fat and the starch. Um, not that there's anything wrong with those foods. If you're an active person and you can handle them by all means, like have what you need for breakfast. For me, it's too much. And so when I go out for coffee, I've had to tell myself, oh, that's right. I'm not doing low carb. I'm going to have um, an almond milk latte instead of an Americano with heavy cream. And it's lower calories and it's not necessarily that low carb approach. It won't keep me full. It's not a meal, um, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to have a cup of coffee. So um, little things like that, I find sneak up on me and I find later I'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, I wasn't even thinking like that is so calorically dense. That's something I would have done before, but then I wouldn't have eaten for a day and I can't do that. I know that I can't do that. It's going to make my hair fall out. It's going to cause all kinds of problems. So, you know, it's, it's definitely reframing your mind and really focusing on the things that um, do work, which we've talked about, but also trying to sort through habits you've developed that may be contributing to, um, added calories or, um, habits that aren't necessarily supporting the goal that you have. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the thing that I have to do periodically, if, um, you know, my weight is creeping up, for example, um, which will happen. Typically it, it starts with, you know, stress, a deadline. So I stay up a little bit late, so I'm not getting quite enough sleep. So then I, I start, eating more without really noticing it's sort of one that's that that's my slippery slope and it it generally starts with you know stress leading to choosing to to do something else other than get the the you know nine hour sleep that I really need every single night and um and so what helps me when I when I hit those points and and I do this a a few times a year or sometimes more is I uh, use an app to track my food intake. So I like Chronometer, but my fitness pal does a great job too. There's probably a dozen other great options. Um, and I, I take like a three-day food journal. It's too exhausting for me to do all the time. But a three-day food journal, and it just helps me really be aware of where those extra calories are coming from. And it's for me, it's usually in snacking. Um, and that's it's interesting because there's um, – some science showing that if you sleep restrict people, they will typically consume four to 500 more calories than normal. Um, and, um, and they will tend to do it more in snacks than in meals. Like that's sort of, there's scientific studies that have actually established that. Um, and that's definitely how, you know, what'll happen with me is it'll, normally I don't snack. Normally I, I have, uh, two or three meals a day. 
Um, but what'll happen as I'm getting tired is it'll just be that like reach into the pantry for a handful of nuts, right? And that one handful of nuts, not really a big deal, but it's when I do that three times in the day or four times in the day and suddenly there's 800 calories that I didn't need. Um, and so that though that's for me that's where my my slippery slope is but doing a, a food journal and just really being you know writing down every single thing that you eat figuring out um if you have any nutrient deficiencies that that i think is really interesting information that i can get out of that as well um but then also having a look at that and going okay am i am i getting enough protein am i getting enough fiber those are two questions that you know am I getting enough of can make a really big difference to weight loss efforts. Um, and then am I consuming few enough calories? Um, and generally, you know, we, there's plenty of, um, tests that you, you, you can do. I mean, my, my CrossFit gym has once a month, there's like this truck that comes that has a water dunk tank that'll do your body composition. My doctor has a machine that does body composition. So you can, you can get a really accurate measurement of your basal metabolic rate, or you can guesstimate it from, you know, a household scale that'll give you, um, my household scale does weight and then it does, uh, fat muscle, water weight and bone, I think is the the four measurements it gives. So you can take those numbers and, and there's lots of websites that'll give you the, the rough math to, to figure out roughly where your basal metabolic rate is. Um, and so if you're active, you still want to consume more than your basal metabolic rate. If you're fairly inactive around your basal metabolic rate, basal metabolic rate in terms of calories, you don't want to go lower than that. Um, and, and, you know, I generally like a 10% caloric deficit is enough for sustainable weight loss for most people. Um, that, that, that's not going to erode, uh, hormone signaling. Awesome. So uh, when we talk about adding back in carbs and consuming carbs, um, Sarah and I do not sit down to a plate of white rice. <laughs> like, um, as much as this might happen in our dreams, it's not something that can support for me, at least um, good blood sugar or good, um, weight. So, um, I focus on if I'm going to eat dense carbs, I eat them on days that I'm active or, um, I try to do them in not a full portion. What might be, um, you know, a, a full serving to somebody else. I try to, um, like, let's say half that and do it in the evening before bed. Um, and Sarah's talked about the science of that before, but I do think that it's important in the context of healthy carbohydrate being in a moderate diet, so to speak. And I'm using quotations with the word moderate because I think that that's such a nebulous word. Um, it looks different for different people and how active they are and what they have going on in their life. I think for most people, adding a good amount of vegetables um, can be sufficient for most of the carbohydrate that's needed. Yeah. Expand on yeah, that. definitely. I mean, I think what I, I, I need a serving of starchy, uh, some kind of starchy vegetable at dinner. It, it really has a big impact on my sleep. And again, that, that comes from scientific studies showing, um, you know, a serving or two of, of a slow burning starch at dinner can Im improve sleep quality. Um, but then most of my carbohydrates the rest of the day are coming from um, non-starchy vegetables or moderately starchy vegetables, things like carrots or beets that are sort of, they're not super starchy, but they have a little bit more starch than leafy greens or broccoli or, you know, something like that. Um, and I'll also have at least one, you know, one or two pieces of fruit a day. Um, so I still do have some fruit. Um, for me, that's that's my sweet. Um, and it's, it, having that amount of sweet keeps me, um, satisfied in a way that sort of can hold everything together in a really, in a really important way. Um, I need to keep my fat, fat intake relatively low. That's sort of 20 to 30% of my calories from fat is where I 
aim. If it creeps up above 30, I stop losing weight. Even if, even if my calories seem on point, there's, there's something there. Um, and I assume that there's, you know, probably some genetic factor at play there. Um, and, um, and so, you know, basically eating lots of vegetables, having a serving of starchy vegetables with each meal is usually okay for most people, but, um, erring more on the side of lots and lots, you know, filling up on non-starchy vegetables, having a big salad, those can be really important strategies for um, achieving that nutrient sufficiency, getting that very important fiber, getting all of those nutrients that we need, filling, you know, feeling full and keeping overall, you know, caloric intake in a good range. Agreed. Um, so I want to thank this listener. You didn't say her name, did you? I think we Je- did say Jennifer. Jennifer. Yes. Yeah. So I want to thank Jennifer for her question. I, the struggle is so real. I want you to think you are not alone. This is something that um, I myself am, have been trying to focus on, and it's not happening easily or the way that I would want it to happen. But at the same time, I have to also know that, you know, these things take time and I have to uh, just continue focusing on the things that I know are good and and tweaking where I think, you know, I might be able to make some adjustments um, without losing my mind or becoming an emotional basket case. Um, And also trying to get movement in. So um, I would just highly recommend to people, if you can, you know, walk, swim, do yoga, anything that you can to move your body because it will help for the number of reasons that Sarah mentioned earlier as well if you're trying to lose weight. And then focus on the things that we always talk about, sleep, um, sunlight, find joy in the things that are unfood related is really big for me. Um, so doing either activities or spending time with people, um, things like that, that, you know, if you find yourself in a, an emotional eater or a mindless eater or things like that, you know, try to be self-aware and focus on, you know, what you can do to help yourself in those situations. Um, and I should mention that I have, um, out of at least five and there might be a sixth post in this um, series. I have posted four posts um, just in the last, you know, six months on healthy weight loss with paleo. There's sort of a part one, part two, part three. So part one deals with uh, dietary choices to support fat metabolism. Part two deals with lifestyle choices um, that make a difference in, in weight loss. Part three deals with troubleshooting weight loss and things like adrenal fatigue and hypothyroidism um, and, you know, estrogen dominance or PCOS uh, hormone imbalances that can interfere with our um, uh, weight loss efforts and, and, you know, how to, to manage that. Um, And then I also have um, a post about um, nutrients that are required for fat, for fat metabolism. And I think there's 11 nutrients highlighted and exactly what they do. So, and what foods they're in. So making sure that you're getting sufficient amounts of those nutrients can be really, really helpful. Um, and so I, I definitely have, have more writing on this topic that, um, I want to do, although I'm I'm really focused right now on, on paleo principles and getting, getting that one off to the printer. Um, so it might, it might still wait, it might be a bit before I actually get to finish them, but, um, those are very, very detailed references now, with links to scientific studies for people to to go in and, and get more information because this is a huge topic. I think, you know, it could easily be, um, you know, a, a four hour seminar, and um, and yeah, it's definitely longer than than a single podcast episode. But um, I think I really want to reiterate that. Um, being thin is not the same thing as being healthy and losing weight is not the same thing as getting healthy. Um, and what, what really I believe the best focus is, is to focus on getting healthy because when we get healthy, our bodies will naturally shed excess 
stored energy. It's, you know, one of the things that happens as we fix our metabolisms, fix our hormones, uh, reduce inflammation in our bodies, um, uh, address nutrient deficiencies, right? All the things that happen when we go paleo, uh, the, the natural consequence of healing and finding health is achieving a healthy weight. Um, so this is really about understanding what choices are making us healthier and permitting weight loss to happen as a side effect to that. Um, and so I think it's really important to understand that um, being overweight is a symptom. And, um, you know, just like everything in paleo is a very functional approach to health, when we're understanding weight loss, we are looking at the root causes of our unhealthy weight. And really what it boils down to is things like inflammation and food sensitivities and poor gut health and um, poor endocrine health and all of the things that we can, you know, improve in our bodies with a nutrient-focused anti-inflammatory diet, like a nutrient-dense paleo diet and through informed healthy lifestyle choices like getting enough sleep, living an active lifestyle and managing stress. Truth drop mic. Done. I th- that's and that's when it's sad we don't have a video podcast cuz I totally just airdropped a mic. <laughs> There's no I just I just I did it. It's fine. Awesome. Well, thank you again listeners for tuning in. Thank you to Jennifer for question and we encourage you all to contact us as usual through our blogs through social media leaving um great reviews wherever you see this show hosted stitcher itunes all that kind of good stuff um we appreciate endlessly you being part of this community with us and uh thank you for your involvement we'll be back next week thank you for listening to the paleo view If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Hello. Oh, you sound super far away. Is that better? Yes. It was like it was like one of those remember the old Muppets get if like near and far? <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Near far. Near. Is that Sesame Street or Muppet? I think it was Muppets. Hmm. Okay. I mean um some of I think it was Muppets. Maybe it was Sesame Street. Who knows? It was a it was a Jim Hansen puppet of some description (laughs) with that okay my goodness it's been a long weekend uh i need a weekend from my weekend (laughs) i know what that's like (laughs) seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.